0: Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard, talking about how do you hear the voice of God? And said, God speaks to each believer, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. But what is the voice of God? In 1 John, and we find there, 1 John two twenty. you have an unction from the Holy One, that unction is a leading of the Holy Ghost upon your human spirit, not the natural ears. We think that if God's speaking to us, it would be like another person speaking in our natural ear. But if any man have an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. He speaks through an unction of the spirit of reflection upon our heart. That's in the spirit of man. Paul said, uh, the Holy Ghost bearing witness with me in my conscience. In Romans 9, 1. Bearing witness witness in his conscience? A conscience bearing witness in the Holy Ghost? Yes, because the conscience is in the spirit of man. You have in the spirit of man communion. You're going to commune with some spirit in your human spirit and your conscience, what you have learned good from evil right from wrong in your conscience and he says my conscience bearing me witness in the holy ghost and bearing witness with the holy ghost that he is in a deep sorrow for the people of god there the conscience and the heart and also we have the intuition things that we know that we have not learned with the human intellect we have an unction from the holy one now that unction is uh, where it leads us, it guides us, compels us to do the will of God. Was it, is it a natural voice? No, it's not a natural ear. When he said anoint our eyes uh, with thy eye salve, give gives us ears to hear and hearts to believe thy word. Anoint our eyes with thy eye In other words, uh, with spiritual eyes, and if thine eye be single. The whole body's full of light. No notice it didn't say eyes. It said eye. That's the eye to the spirit. That's what we see in the spiritual realm. An ear. If any man have an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. That ear is the ear to the spirit. The Holy Ghost is in your human spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, it does not automatically change your mind. Through the leading of the Holy Ghost and the reading of the Word of God, the Spirit of truth will lead us and guide us into all truth if we continue in His Word. And that is where it's imperative that we stay in the Word of God and continue in it because the Spirit of truth there gives us the understanding in the truth of the Word of God. Scripture does not interpret Scripture. Many have made that error. It's the Holy Ghost, the spirit of God, the spirit of truth that interprets the scriptures, whether it's speaking to the flesh or the soul or the spirit. And that word of God is is, uh, sharper than any two edged sword, rightly divided, dividing asunder the soul from the spirit. Only the word of God can do that. Well, when we're talking about hearing the voice of God, that my sheep know my voice, not the lambs, the sheep. We've grown from lambs to sheep. And just as he told Peter, when you're old, you'll walk where thou wouldest not. And when you're young, you'll walk whithersoever thou wouldest, Peter. But when you're old, you're going to walk where thou wouldest not. By this he signified by what death he should glorify God. Now Peter then asked, what shall happen to that other, that other disciple whom Jesus loved, John? and said, if what is that to thee, follow thou me. If I will that he tarries until I come, what is that to thee, follow thou me. In other words, what I do with John or any other disciple, don't concern yourself with it. Just follow the leading of the Lord God, Jesus Christ. Well, that John there, as he states there in the the word of God, in his epistle, 1 John 2, 20. You have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all truth, and no lies of the truth. Well, how do we know all truth? Well, we know all truth, not in the intellectual mind, but in the Spirit we know all truth, because the Holy Ghost is given to us, which is the Spirit of truth that leads us and guides us into all truth. Now, 2, Have that mind, the renewing of our mind that takes an effort on our part to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, not by leading of the worldly ambitions. A man's life does not consist of the things which he possesses, That's what the worldly church does in a prosperity gospel, saying we're increased with goods. We have need of nothing. We're clothed, fed, and have need of nothing. They don't think there's any more to the word of God. But Jesus said, Knowest thou not, ye poor, wretched, naked, and destitute? What he said to the church at Laodicea, I counsel thee to buy me gold, try it in the fire. Well, what is that fire? He said, whosoever I love, I chasten. The chastening rod of God. Now, we count it a joy to fall into diverse temptations. Why? Because uh, though our faith be tried as by fire, it can come forth as pure gold. Now, we're having the mind being renewed to the things of God, to where we ultimately have the mind of Christ. And let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought not robbery to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of man, being found in fashion as a man, humbled himself to the death, the death of the cross, wherefore God has highly exalted him, giving him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every an evil bound, every tongue confessed that Jesus Christ is the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, to the glory of the Father. What is that mind? Was a mind that we condescend to men of low estate. We prefer our brother of ourselves. We bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. It is a humbling of oneself. Jesus, in his humiliation, the Spirit of God, humbled himself and literally made himself of no reputation, made void his spirit a self-imposed limitation upon himself in order to take on the form of a servant to redeem us that were under the law. We are to have the same mind. Forasmuch then, Christ has suffered for us in the flesh. 1 Peter 4, 1. Arm yourselves with the same mind, be ye therefore likewise minded, for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That's the mind of Christ. So, those in the world... There are to present ourselves with that crucified life with the cross, mortifying the deeds of the flesh, crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust, which is our reasonable service, not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. And then, and only then, can we prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God for us is working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that works in us, both the will and to do of his good pleasure. To do the will of God, we have to have the leading of God and know his voice. But many think that the voice of God is on the natural ear, not realizing we have an unction from the Holy One, 1 John 2.20. That unction is where that we, the Holy, through the Spirit of God, filled with the Holy Ghost as the Holy Ghost gave the utterance. It gives us the compelling upon our human spirit, not the mind, the spirit. We feel it in the spirit of man in our spirit, our human spirit. So grace is the effectual working of the Holy Ghost upon our human spirit. And then through obedience unto righteousness, it reflects in life, And a holy nature, that is, whereby we're partakers, and it's called holiness. It is the God life, or called godliness. That's not an instant, instantaneous, uh, immediate thing that happens in our life. We have to add to our faith virtue, be virtuous with God, true to God, in obedience to His commandments. From that virtue, we add to that. Knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Well, the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ through these exceedingly great and precious promises that are given to us, whereby we are made protectors of His divine nature and escape the corruption of the world through lust. There, that knowledge then has to be added to also. Temperance. Those that strive for the mastery must be temperate, self-controlled in all things and all truth. And then from temperance, patience. That after we've done the will of God, we have need of patience. That has to be added also. And tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. And experience worketh hope. Hope makes not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. So it's not an instant Christian. It is through the leading of the Holy Ghost and through trials and temptations, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And we do not let the things of this world choke the word through riches and uh, these vain deceit in the worldly ways that chokes the word and it becometh unfruitful, brings no fruit unto perfection. We want to strive for perfection. Or tribulation persecution arises for the word's sake. by and by, some are offended and they drop, they drop out because iniquity abound, the love of many will wax cold in these last days. But if we press on toward the mark for the price thy calling God in Christ Jesus and faint not, then we will reap. We will, after we've suffered for a while, God established, strengthened, settled you unto perfection. Perfect that which is lacking in you, in all of us. And that's what we're striving for. So those that claim to hear the voice of God and are boisterous about it, boasting, most do not know that voice, because the voice of God does not boast. It doesn't speak of themselves. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, seeks his own glory. But he that speaks of him that sent him, there's no unrighteousness in him. You have to have the one God revelation there. Because Jesus said, he that believeth on me believes not on me, but upon him that sent me. So he that speaks of him that sent him, that is God Almighty, that made himself of no reputation, took on the form of a servant, that the Son of God is the Father revealed, there's no unrighteousness in Him. And that requires us to be obedient to the leading of the Holy Ghost in which that Holy Ghost gives us the utterance. We have an unction from the Holy One. And we learn that voice, that leading of the Holy Ghost in our human spirit, not in the human intellect, not with the natural hearing, of the ears. That is where many mess it, thinking that has God spoken to you? Well, they think that God just walked in a room and said, hey, there, fellow, how you doing? No. He speaks to your spirit. And that spirit then, there I remember when I had my first visitation and I had uh, been filled with the Holy Ghost for quite some time. But in that First visitation I had from the Lord, we were totally broke. We had three travel trailers in our team, and we had run completely out of money. And I was hawking things and uh, literally giving tools away for a tank of gas. And we had literally run completely out of money. And we had to push the trailers into uh, a place in Baton Rouge. There And as we went into this trailer park, I asked this dear lady that owned the uh, trailer lot, this camper site, if she would uh, allow us to park there, and I would get a job and pay her because we were totally broke. And we had uh, three travel trailers there. She agreed, and we did. At that time, I thought, well, I'll have to leave the ministry. I have no other... Recourse, I must go to work, pay the bills and pay this lady for allowing us and her mercy to uh, hook up our travel trailers in her mobile home, our travel trailer lot there. And I did. But they just a few nights there and totally uh, just uh, disgruntled, uh, not knowing what to do, where to go from here that I was woken in the morning at 3.33, uh, 3.33 a.m. in the morning, and there was the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you think, well, God's going to speak. But I've never had that kind of a visitation before. And this is October of 89, 1989. We'll forget it's the first visitation I ever had. And there he put me in a dream. I looked up and saw the Lord and all the way I can explain it is that he knew every cell in my body. Now you that's had a visitation for the Lord, you know what I'm talking about. The power is overwhelming. Somebody said, well, you should ask him some questions. (laughs) You can't even open your mouth. Uh, The power there uh, of the essence of God almighty. And there he is about four foot from me looking down at me and I see there uh, that he knows every cell in my body, every individual cell. And uh, in amazement, I'm shocked I'm going, it's just Jesus. (laughs) And he puts me in a dream. And in the dream, uh, he gave me uh, that time of the seasons there that this man had uh, uh, this general, six foot six. Uh, there very decorated general, had a woman by his side. And obviously she was his bride because she had a veil on and a wedding dress with a long veil, white. And a very beautiful woman and a very stout man. And he was going through the city, said, we must pass over to the other side. Never we'll forget it, see it just like it happened today. And during that time, there's war. There's uh, bombs going off. Many things happen. But finally goes to the other side of the city. And I have this posted on the website. But basically goes to the other side, passes over to the other side, goes into a house. And there he finds, after going through the door of this house, six men, four at a picnic table, sitting there playing cards. Two men over there beside a sink making sandwiches and drinks. And the four men sitting at a table, one of them that had his tie undone and kind of, uh, kind of lackadaisically says, uh, Sit down, play cards, eat, drink, and be merry. And the general said, We must go up. And the man laughs at him again and says, nobody will break in here. We're fine. We're saved. Said, uh, eat, drink, and be merry. And the general said again, the man, we must go up. And the third time, the man was laughing again and said the same thing. Eat, drink, and be merry, laughing said, no one, will break in, we're fine here, eat, drink, and be merry. Then the man said, we must go up at that time. He takes the bride by the hand. They go up a spiral staircase into a triangular building. They go past the second floor into the third floor, where it's seven cubits wide, seven cubits high, and seven cubits wide. Inside that door that he goes in, there is... uh, a huge, uh, it is a a huge, uh, uh, table there, or it's a cabinet and there it's made of cedar wood, total cedar. And it's a chest, this cedar chest. The man starts with his right hand, hand alone, no chisel, no nothing takes his hand and literally starts tearing the cedar wood off the front of that cedar chest. And when he does, then it starts literally proclaiming a letter J. He does it again, E, S. And I said, I know where this is going, obviously. He's going to literally take off this cedar, off of the cedar chest, revealing the name Jesus When he completes that, it's J-E-S-U-S. Then he lifts up the veil off the bride, lifts up the lid on the cedar chest, takes out a crown, the biggest, most beautiful crown I'd ever seen, and laid it upon the bride's head. At that time, the roof opened up. They went into light. I went into the light with them, And all I did was bask in the light, it seemed like, for 30 minutes. It was a long time. I did not want to come out of that light. It was a warm light, and it was uh, the love of God that passes all understanding. I did not want to return. Then, immediately, I found myself back on that first floor with those six men, and the door was broken into by an army. They literally riddled them with bullets and killed all six men in that room. And after they left, they shut the door. And I saw the men's guts splattered all over the place, blood everywhere. And then I saw the one that had the, that was speaking to the man, saying, eat, drink, and be merry. He moved. I saw him move, and I thought, well, maybe God's gonna resurrect him. The other one by the sink that was making sandwiches, he moved. I thought, well, maybe God's going to resurrect them. The man there at the table that had said, Eat, drink, and be merry, took a gun out, a pistol, shot the man over at the table at the kitchen, and killed him, and then put a gun on himself and killed himself. I came up out of the dream. There was the Lord standing there. The point saying to this is that that's how he spoke. He did not speak this, that, or the other in my human ear. He put me in a dream. He did it many times in the New Testament. The Lord would speak and put them in a dream. He did Joseph that way. He did Paul that way. Well, it was a new thing for me. But I learned then that it's not in the natural ear. Many think that God speaks in a natural ear, just like someone walked into a room and said, hello there, how you doing? No, it's the ear to your spirit. You have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things, you know all truth, and no lies of the truth. That's what he st- stated there in John's epistle in 1 John 2, verse 20 uh, uh, on. Well, that's how he speaks. So we don't want to make the error that thinking that God speaks in a natural voice to a natural ear that... He speaks to the ear of the Spirit. They have an unction from the Holy One. And the only way to learn that voice is through the Word of God. Just as he states in Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Without doing that, you will never, ever learn the voice of God because he speaks according to his Word But the Holy Ghost is that spirit of truth that literally reveals the word to us in Revelation. So we're not conformed to this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, by setting our mind and affections upon the word of God on the things above and not on things beneath. And by doing that, then we grow up in him and all things and all truth taking on the mind of Christ, which takes an effort on our part through obedience. Any person that says that you do not have to obey is a liar. Why? Because the mind has to be renewed. You're saved in your spirit. The Holy Ghost is there leading and guiding and compelling your human spirit and your conscious bearing witness there in your human spirit that then feeds your mind The flesh will come against that, and you pray to line your will up with the will of God rather than the will of the flesh. And that requires obedience. The flesh will say, no, don't do it. The spirit will say, do this. And the Lord, it will be pleasing to him. The flesh will say, no. Well, you put the flesh under and obey the spirit. You mortify the deeds of the flesh, called sanctification. Sanctifying yourself, holy, both spirit, soul, and body. And by doing that, then you're pleasing to the Lord, mortifying the deeds of the flesh, crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust to do the will of God. And if you walk in the law of the spirit of life, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You won't do both. Some of this lying, cheating, and stealing there cannot know the voice of God because these are contrary one to the other. And the more that you obey the Lord and the leading of the Lord Jesus Christ, the more you grow from newborn babies to little children, the little children, the young men, the young men, the fathers. It takes an obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So when we are asking God, speak to us, lead us and guide us, go in a prayerful attitude, and submission to the Lord when you read the Word of God, because that Word, the Bible, is a living Word. It's not just a book, that book is alive. That blood of Jesus is in the New Testament given for you. Have the blood applied, then believe everything in there that He has spoken and make it applicable to you in obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. And then you'll be pleasing to the Lord, hearing, well done, thou good and faithful servant. It takes obedience. And the more you obey the Lord Jesus Christ and aim to you faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity, and these things are in you and abound that you will not be bearing but fruitful in the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, making your calling and election sure and that you will never fail. 2 Peter 1 tells us that. And this grace comes comes to us, which reigns through righteousness. This grace comes to us at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The more we obey, the more the knowledge and revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ comes to us through obedience unto righteousness. Not just because you read the word of God, but because you read and obeyed it not a forgetful a forgetful doer of the word, a forgetful hearer. You're like a double-minded man. You beheld yourself in a mirror and then walked away and forgot what manner of man he was. But he that does the will of God, then he'll be blessed in all of his deeds. It requires obedience regardless of what anyone says. That's the only way that we grow in faith and in grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Well, as we all hear the voice of God, if any man hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches, let him hear that he is doing a new thing. He's doing it now. He's sealing the servants of God in their forehead, just as he stated he would in Revelation 7. On the 19th of January, 2019, the Lord visited me. While in Transmary, Kenya, Africa, after preaching a messiah travel church and said, seal my people by my word. Even as I send my angel ascending from the east, having to seal the living God, so send I you. We started in the podcast then. Those of you that know the hearing and the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ and hear the voice of God, there is imperative that we move and work together. You can email me at sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. God deals with you, then please email me. Let's get together. Let's work together. If God has not dealt with you, then fine. We don't want to hear about it. But if God has dealt with you, and you know that it's the truth, and that God is dealing with you about it in the Holy Ghost, bearing witness with your spirit and your conscience, then Email me. CeilingGodsPeople at DennisSpirit.org. Also, you can write me. DBM, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas. Zip code 75606. You can also visit DennisSpirit.org where we have seven books, their ebooks for your edification. We also have sealinggodspeople.org sealinggodspeople.com JCIC.tv, any of these places on our websites are. By email, sealinggodspeople at you can contact me. Please do so so we can work together the body of Christ being fully framed together by our Lord Jesus Christ as he compacts it for the work of the ministry. That's what he's doing now. Well, we're praying for each and every one of us that are in the body of Christ that God will perfect that which is lacking in each one of us that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the Real Jesus.